Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Are you ready for the Monday Night Drive? Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, this is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. With former Badgers Rose Bowl champions Tarek Sala and Derek Engler, here's Jim Rutledge. Welcome into Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Last show of the year, probably a good thing. So I call my kids as we we do usually a pregame little get-together with some Miller Lights earlier, you know, a little bit before the show, different establishments in the area, and driving in. Call my girls, tell them goodnight. I'll, I'll be home after they go to sleep. And my youngest goes, Daddy, which bar are you at now? I was like, whoa, all right. Well, this, <laughs> this is probably a good time that the NFL season's wrapped up. Had a great time uh, doing this show. We don't do them at the bars, but she knows that hopefully next year we'll be able to take this show on the road. But we do have some great food from Boulevard. And uh, we'll talk more about that, but man, it's fantastic. Initially already. off the charts, the wings, food, the wings, fried pickles, oh my god, Billy cheesesteak, club sandwich. Uh, fan- I mean, the wings are. I had the buffalo one. I think you had. A, I don't know what kind you had, but no, I think I finished wing. off the ones that you were picking at. He had your, his own. We're not sharing wings, just so nobody freaks oh, yeah. out. Going. That's right. <laughs> I'm holding. It's like uh, it's like Lady and the Tramp. I'm just holding wings for you. Just yeah. So uh, we got a lot to get into. Game after the Super Bowl, <clears throat> and so I want to get to. A lot of different uh, kind of topics from the show, but or from the game. But I at least wanted to start, Tark, with from a Packers fan angle. When you watch that game, and Josh, I'll get your thoughts too. Mm. But let's start with Tark as a Packer fan. What was your thoughts watching that game? Like, what? How did it relate to the Packers for you? Well, I mean, <coughs> you know, the elephant in the room is really the the amount of talent that they surrounded Brady with. And the and the fact that and we were talking about last week, um, you know how we don't double down, right? We're not investing. We kind of get by on what we can, and we we you know this is constant discussion, right? How far how far under the cap are you? And you're, you're leveraging all these these picks. I think last week we kind of came to the point that like, hey, at some point you got to go all in, and that's what the Bucks did. So. As a Packer fan, you want to go all in. I this whole week I've been kind of uh, consternating about this and discussing it with friends and all that. And, you know, I'll get people that go, Aaron, "Aaron's a freaking snob." You know, really? He, he 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 has he had chances to win that game. He didn't win the game, and he complains a lot. But then I just keep going back. Okay, well, that's fine. And what you know, but you know, the market is the market, right? He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and at that point, you could take all that emotion out of it, and in the end, you have a chance to win a Super Bowl 
So now it's time to invest. You know, invest in that and and, yep. and, and really bring in those players. So I, I it's a constant. Uh, I don't know uh, conflict in my you know in the way I think and and how I I see I see the Packers. So Josh, what about you? As I see. Just balls bouncing off the face mask of chief players in this game. But what uh, when you watched the game, what were your kind of thoughts, how they applied to the Packers? Um, I I almost, in a way, felt better as a Packers fan. Not not like it really mattered that much because I still kind of think the, the Chiefs would beat uh, the Packers had they met there instead of the Buccaneers. But to see them, the Buccaneers, go out there and put what everybody kind of thought is the best team run away all season – uh, and see just how ineffective that offense that everyone talks about with Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid and all that not not look as good as it did with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, it really sh- it put a stark comparison. Here's a team that went all in, uh, not necessarily all in, but they got a bunch of one year guys. They went out and and did all they could in the Buccaneers to try and win a Super Bowl this year, and they went out and did it. So it it, it was mixed feelings, but kind of like hey. That's just the team. That was the one to beat, and you gave them a good fight in comparison, but you didn't get there. I feel like all of us on this show earlier in the year, I know this was my kind of take, that either Tampa was going to be a spectacular disaster or spectacular, right. and it came out spectacular. And We all kind of thought they'd get better as the year went along, and I know that uh, you know Tauscher on his show earlier today referenced one, David Bakhtiari, if he was healthy, then they would have he thinks they would have beat Tampa. Okay, but then does Tampa get all their healthy players in too? They were missing a start in safety. So I don't like playing that game. I also, I don't think you can just, oh, well, if the Packers would have won, then they would have beaten the Chiefs the same way. No, I mean, you can't really play that game either. So I came away with the idea of, I, I respect, I wanted the Chiefs to win, but I respect what Tampa did. You always have to, that Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, those guys that don't even necessarily fit in theory, what Bruce Arians wants to run. There was so many stories early in the year that Arians was a deep ball guy and, and air the ball down the field guy, and Tom Brady's not necessarily that's his what he likes to do. Well, you know what happened? Tom Brady was like a league leader in, in completion percentage with passes down the field, and they won a lot of games, and they won the Super Bowl together. Gronk is not normally the, the type of tight end that would fit for Arians' offense. Gronk scored two touchdowns in this game and had a massive play against the Packers. So the other part of it that I thought was interesting, guys, was that you know, Arian said that Tom Brady walked in and it was a Super Bowl. It was just a championship attitude brought in. And then they brought in other championship-style play. Even Fournette played in the AFC Championship game. They won a championship with LSU. Yeah, Gronk with a couple titles. Antonio Brown with some big game experience. All that, that the attitude that, even if they're not productive like they used to be veterans bring to a locker room, that seemed to provide a lot for this Tampa team. Yeah, and, and i got to tell you, you know, I, Bruce Arians, he was our offense coordinator when I was in Cleveland my last year, Cleveland Browns in uh, 2001. And I, I had a lot of respect for him because he had a, a, you know, a gravitas about him. And he, he, he I don't know, he's he just very confident. He was no BS. It almost reminded me of uh, The Fugitive with uh, when, when the guy was chasing Harrison Ford. And 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 he's like, hey, I don't want anything. You guys go here, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. And you're just like, dude, I'm listening to whatever you got to say. You know, I'm gonna listen to what you say. And that's what the way he is, man. He's this no BS, very direct, and he commands the room. And I think this this year, you know, there, there was no perfect solution. He butted heads 
with with Brady. I know people close the to the franchise where early on, I mean, there there's no bueno there. Like Brady was ready to lay it down with with Bruce. I think at one point, you know, they Bruce called him out. You know, he threw some bad picks against the Saints, right? And he I, th- there was some confrontation there. But that's part of the maturation process, the evolution of a, of a championship team, and that either either you grow stronger from that conflict, or you fold your tent and then everybody goes home because they can't play, play with each other. And they got along; they figured it out, and Bruce figured it out. But Bruce, I mean, he's the oldest coach, and I think NFL history to win his first Super. Bowl. Yeah, I think Bruce might say, "Hey, it's week by week, man," and it may be coach speak, but like, "Hey, we'll see how we play this week. This this week will define. It's the biggest game." We got because it's the next game, and as much of it as as it is coach speak, it's like, hey man, we just got to build on it, and we got to keep working hard. If we keep building, we might get there. But right now, I don't see eye to eye with Brady unless he does this. And Brady's like, well, I don't see eye to eye with Bruce unless he listens to me. So I bet you there was a lot of weeks that went by before they started getting on the same page, especially the pandemic. I mean, well, I mean, unbelievable. Chicago's no Tampa, but. Chicago picked the easy guy in theory with Nick Foles because they knew that he knew the offense, and partially because of the pandemic, they weren't going to be able to have a a uh, like a full on off season. What you're talking about, they went the easy route. I mean, they tried for Brady, but when they didn't get Brady, then they just said, "Hey, we're going to go with the guy that knows the offense and go with the easy route." Well, that didn't do anything. He never he started maybe five six games, massive mistake. Arians, Tampa, Brady, they all said, "You know what? We're all going to get together and we're going to put this thing together, and all we have to do is make the playoffs." And then we'll get to the Super Bowl, which is what they did. They had to, they had to win multiple rounds of the playoffs. They didn't get the, the the easier slate like like Green Bay did. Yeah. And they they had you know, Washington's not great, but still, like it's it's still kind of a, a run for them to get to where they're at. And it's impressive. And the, the coaching staff for for Tampa, we can talk about that too because I want to talk about the Packers coaching staff and Joe Barry and his success. We we'll use that in air quotes as a defensive coordinator, but. Leftwich and Bowles and, and I mean those guys both are highly thought of coordinators at the top of their games. Bowles didn't work as a head coach, but nobody questions his ability to be a coordinator. And that's kind of what you're looking at for a team as well. Tampa was built fast linebackers, stout D line, and then the rest kind of the rest fell into place. And then obviously, because here's what we saw. We saw it versus Green Bay and we saw it versus Kansas City. Four man rush. And now you're getting pressure on the quarterback. Now those linebackers can run all over the place and cover some of your other weapons, maybe blitz once in a while. And then your safeties and corners, everything's easier for them. It, it truly was an in-the-trenches sort of mindset for Tampa, That especially when they got Vea back, and we saw it against Green yeah. Bay. That wreaked havoc on well, offensive lines. We were talking about, hey, 7-on-7 seven seven doesn't work. Okay, If you're old school, Bruce Aaron, Bruce is like, hey, line up in 7 seven. Go ahead. We're going to hit you in the mouth. Todd Bowles saying the same thing. We're going to smack you in the mouth. And our linebackers are going to make it difficult – on your mid-level players like Kelsey and Hill. And, you know, Hill, I still don't think they could really catch him. But with Kelsey, you get in his mustache and get really physical with him. He's not <laughs> he he's not going to necessarily be as, as fluid and successful as he was versus these other guys where he could run those snag routes, those, in, those intermediary routes where you just come in and out. I mean, it, you know, David and, and White – I mean, those other guys, they hit them. They yep. were physical. They showed in the game. Romo did a nice job. And it carried over to the offense, though, as I see Fournette run in. I mean, Tampa just started taking it to Kansas City. And poor Patrick Mahomes, what do they say, basically ran for 500 yards 
in yep. scrambles before he threw the football. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about it earlier uh, in our show prep, but that throw that he made that from the Spider-Man throw, that's caught. That's going to go down as like the greatest play in NFL history. But there's multiple ones where that it's just hitting guys right in the face mask. Uh, Tyree Kill yeah. had one bounce off his face early in the game, and so his his throws were. I I texted you last night. It was some yep. of the greatest throws I've ever seen of guys in adverse positions and be able to throw the ball. Whether here he's, it is right now. I mean, he is literally. Uh, horizontal. Well, other ones were like, oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, you know, when he's he's running to his left, and like he looks back to the right, and then throws left, and I mean he's throwing across his body a lot. I mean, just just phenomenal. The the part though that we expected more, I think, for for Mahomes was, and from Andy Reid for that matter, and and from the whole staff was that we knew the two tackles were out. Right, at least Scheme I knew it better. I, I yeah, you know a little bit more misdirection, something because this this is you couldn't go four four wides and just go up the field and do a couple uh, option routes. You have to you have to be more creative because it it clearly. I mean, the minute the ball was snapped, Mahomes did not have confidence in his protection, and he was moving his feet much more. And we all know pressure. We talked about it with Aaron Donald. I mean, the pressure was on right away. And you lose two Pro Bowlers, I guess all of us gamblers out there would go, God, I didn't give that enough credit. You know, that, you know, <laughs> you, you lose um, Schwartz and you lose uh, Fisher. Yep. I mean, the other, Fisher. And you lose those two guys. And it's just, man, the whole world changes. So it, it, you, you'd like to think they would have done more to be creative, uh, but they didn't. And, Granted, there were some calls that went Tampa's way, but you know, I mean, come on, we got like twenty-five points unaccounted for. Yeah. They didn't have a real. If response. that was a close game, that would have been a major storyline of the certain fortuitous calls that happened to go. But when the game ends up the way it did, I don't think it mattered at all. But there was a point there where it seemed like now those calls did definitely put them in a better spot. And and when you're taking it to a team, if there's no relief. That stuff matters, but they're not going to win that game, I think, regardless. Yeah, 98 yards and penalties for Kansas City in the first half. and But but Kansas City, there was a rush from Tampa. Kansas City literally just dropped a, a lot of plays that could have been made. I mean, if Tyreek Hill snags one, if the ball... And, I'm, and look, Tampa won this game. I'm just saying that there was it was the pass rush and great defense, but there was just some... I don't know if it was the, the constant physicality from Tampa... Or if it was distractions from the, the Reed family uh, mm. tragedy with with the, the that's the heavy drunk driving that's a heavy or, burden or whatever whatever is going on with that I'm not sure if that's drunk driving yet but whatever is alleged in that situation that's obviously uh, even if the Reed kid is at fault it's still a lot on that family and uh, yeah. on that player's staff but it just seemed but, that Kansas City w- was letting things slip through their fingers literally. Uh, in this game that could have changed the, well, the forecast, kept it closer at least. We could look through, I guess we're old souls here, right? But if you look at different different aspects of the different coaches that are there and I and leaders, right? And you look at what Brady's done over his career, right? Obvious. And then him texting late at night and him giving the speech where he doesn't talk much and, you know, it goes a lot further. Yet, yeah, Bruce Arians had health issues along his life and he's just like, man, I'm going all in. And, and, you know that resonates with the whole team. So that that's from the beginning. 
And then you know he he said what he had to say before the game. And then Byron Leftwich, you know, I have lasting memories of him at Marshall. Being carried down the field. Getting carried off down the field. You don't think that was leveraged in some point. And I say leverage that in a sincere way. It's no BS. This guy's a leader. He he cares about his team. He cares about these guys, and he's young enough where whatever whatever vacuum is there that I don't even believe there's a vacuum because Brady certainly has his leadership abilities. Well, like said, Arians came in and said and Arians, that it's ready to go. I mean, yeah, he changed and the culture. If there's any vacuum, Byron Leftwich fills that void. Uh, being able to relate as a young guy and the fact that he he did it as a player, uh, as a leader, and those kids at Marshall picking him up. I mean, you can't fake that. So, uh, and then Todd Bowles, strategically mastermind them. He was my defense uh, back coach at Cleveland, and I just had a lot of respect for him. Um, and, and Chuck Pagano was our defense coordinator. He's had a lot of great mentors. He, he was a head coach at one point. I mean, and he'll be a great head coach again. So, I mean, they just have too much of uh, coaching, too much of intangibles, and not that Kansas City doesn't, but I think that what you mentioned before about the distractions that they had going, and every coach is going to go, hey, you got to limit the distractions. And as much as that is coach speak, it is the reality. So, When it comes to fire safety, the most important thing is being prepared. Madison Extinguisher Service and Safety can protect your business or home. Experts in fire suppression, fire extinguishers, alarms, sprinklers, and OSHA training and consulting. They're locally owned, a small business, providing personalized service to the Madison and surrounding area. Their owner, Tori, is a former fire chief and has been in the industry for over 20 years. So he's an expert and is dedicated to making sure you're prepared in case of a fire. When it comes to flame, know the name. Madison Extinguisher Service and Safety. For more information on services and keeping your business or home safe, go to madisonfx.com or call 608-FIRE-814-608-3473814. This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. You're listening to Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. different contests all season long on Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive. Each street is who we use here at ESPN Madison. The year, Scouts and Brust talk about it all the time. Locally owned, local drivers, they take care of the local restaurants. So when you're looking to get your food delivered, consider no one else but Each Street. Download the app. If it's new to you, you can get some free delivery to start off. If you have UW Credit Union, uh, you can get free delivery through them as well by using the UW Credit Union debit card. Or credit card. So, no reason not to start, especially it's freezing cold. Download the app if you didn't have it before. And if you do have it, uh, use it. And then also tip the drivers because nobody wants to be out in this cold. 
Uh, shout out to all of the Eat Street drivers for delivering delicious food, uh, all you know, locally owned places throughout the Madison area. Uh, that's this is a great, great clutch thing to have right now. I had some uh, Taco Royale from oh. Eat Street just today. It was wonderful lunch, brisket, brisket taco. It really hit the spot. It does sound really good. And yeah, bless the heart of the person that brought it out to you. That that is <laughs> that's the other part of this is that. It is cold, and they're doing the work that that others no question <laughs> don't want to do. Dude, it's colder than heck. My yeah. gosh, man! This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite on one hundred point five ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge, former Badger, Tarek mm-hmm. Sala, with you, and kind of just looking back. And Josh Dimaggio on the other side of the glass. He's our kind of our third voice today. Looking back at that game with the Chiefs and the Bucks, and, and trying to apply it to the Packers and. I think the Packers, they clearly were a couple players away. There's no, at this point, we've we've really just beaten it to death as far as the idea of what they should have done this last offseason. But when you look at it now, I think, you don't have to give me players, but whether it's positional groups or it's uh, maybe you have someone in mind or just a prototype type player and I, I that you think the Packers should add. Like for me, more than anything else, I think it's, Players that are maybe in theory past that prime. I know that was a big Ron Wolf thing, rather, you know, underpay than overpay for you know past production. But you can see that what Gronk or these guys bring when it matters the most, it's worth. And they weren't paid a yeah, ton, but, but it's worth what they were paid. Was it one player? Because here's the argument that exists, and I talked about this earlier in the show, is that fans are saying, "Hey, look, St. Brown catches the ball. We're there." Aaron Rodgers makes the play. We're there. They had they the play now two years in a row. I mean, the year before. I know, yeah, but you had the players, so we didn't make the plays. Maybe it's more of a cultural thing than it is than it is player. But you no, know, the argument is, is that if they have cap room, they have chances to make plays or make make choices and bring players in. It can make that difference. Well, my, I'm just saying in right? your mind. Forget the rest of it. What would you try to add? Whether it's a player to positional group or a player with a certain type of experience, both you guys. I mean, what would you, in a perfect world, like to add? Uh, well, it, it would be I, I would the front seven number one in my mind really needs to be fortified, and then you know, so the next part would be would be the offensive line, especially if you lose Lindsley, you know, assuming you don't get to keep him, an interior guy, and then uh, you know having maybe another slot slot guy. That would be their tight end slot or a traditional slot receiver. Yeah, the Packers, the Packers have never invested in the inside linebacker position at all, and they always tried to go with that hybrid kind of that what Tyron Matthew was or like a Buddha Baker is, but they don't have that guy. And they then had they it for don't, a little bit with Hyde, That's right? Really, and yeah. and then they don't have it now with at like at all, and they kind of have whoever they can get to play middle linebacker. And as you could see yesterday pretty clearly, the way Devin White and Levante David fly around the field, it gives them so many options. Where When they that, fly, they fly physically. Yes, yes. This, again, not nine on seven. Or not, no, I'm sorry, seven on seven. <laughs> yep. Seven on seven was when the receivers and running backs go against the secondary. And Derek and I, you know, coined that, you know, it's it's fun, Right. But you know, and and it seems like, you know, that West Coast offense traditionally they love to live in that theme. But you have to get down and dirty, you yeah. know, and that's what Tampa was. They were down and dirty. They're playing physical. They disrupted routes, 
and that you know Vita Vea and Sue. I mean, they were physically dominating the game, and that's what I'd like to see um, is having another one or two D linemen that are physical, and then having back to your point about the linebackers who can be physical and fast, which. Yeah, the, the middle linebacker position kind of lost a little bit of worth there for a while with everyone going mm-hmm. so heavy into like nickel and dime packages. But it's changed now because teams won't hesitate to run at your small guys. And you've seen the Packers tons of times get caught, even in the goal line situation where it's like, well, how are you going to stop the, when they went three tight ends and you sh- showed up with f- five DBs on the field? Like, of course you, that's going to happen. You have to find value there, though, because yeah. you don't need to draft a first-round pick Find you know Devontae David's a third round pick. Right, he's a freak, and it was fortuitous or whatever serendipity, or whatever you want to define it as. Uh, but you know you need to get guys, and it just I, it's funny how the linebacker position mirrors the running back position, right? right. I don't believe you got to go high round and pay a guy a ton of money, but you got to get guys. Well, Devin White was a fi- you can't have the I mean Devin White was uh, fifth overall pick I believe, so you can do a mix of both. But if you yeah, have Devontae David, to your point, yeah, was a no, middle round pick. Right. In third round, like, I think today's draft and the way guys are developed, I think top three can be viewed as guys who are going to be starters by like year two. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. and I, going back to why that first and then giving up the fourth, I mean, even that fourth rounder could be considered someone that would be part of your starting this this upcoming year. That's again going back to like that trade because now you got salary cap hits, you don't have rookie salaries, all those things. But you know, Leonard Fournette. Now, the Packers don't need, I guess they could in theory need someone, but Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, both could be gone. Leonard Fournette was one year 3.5. And so you just have to find a guy like that. High-end talent. I'm a big fan of pay the guy with talent. We've seen this on defense, too. Maybe it was the wrong system. Maybe it was a bad coaching staff. Maybe it wasn't mature enough. Whatever it was, pay the guy who had that high-end talent. And look, Fournette's not that far removed from being that high-end talent guy. And yeah, see what happens. But Motivate see, him. But see, here, here's the deal on Fournette. He said a one-year deal, right? Now he's going to get paid four years, right? But the, twenty-five million. I'm not paying that, right? But, but the some, Packers some, can find you know, pay it? Fournette. Dan Schneider's going to pay it because right. he's a loser. Then that, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Back to the Packers. But they have wait, to find hey, their Fournette that someone else will pay for. I love his amusement parks. By the way, it has great amusement parks, but as far as a What's, franchise goes, amusement go, parks. I don't know. He owns uh, six flags around the country. Oh, that's how he made his money. I thought he was FedEx. No, no, I don't think so. I think that's just a sponsor. Okay, you check that. Huh. He's not the FedEx. That's not. Fr- it's Fred Smith or something. Uh, is the know. FedEx owner? Not Tom Hanks. I thought. It was- <laughs> <laughs> Cast away. Yeah, I feel well, like they should give him. FedEx anyway, yeah, you, you should. You should all the island. effort there. And he came back. He Side note: Do you guys hear the fan theory that uh, Castaway is like a Truman Show? That's why they never found him, and that's why like it's like what the Truman Show. Yeah, so they purposely did that, and that's why he was there, and that's why. He was found, and but it was all like Truman Show. Like they stuck him in a bubble, and yeah, like, it was set up to have him live like that. Why? It's a fan just to see what happens. <laughs> why would you make Truman Show? I mean, like, yeah, it's just kind of it's obviously not a real thing. They would have nodded to that at some yeah, point. Yeah, but the, the Truman movie. Show is for entertainment purposes. Are you not entertained by watching? No, this? I mean, we all I, watch I am, but they showed all. The, it was like a show in the future. I don't know, it was the future in the past. Where people were watching the show and they were watching, they they want they were all caught up into it. Right, no, that's the part. There's but, no but, nod to it being a, a, a show in the movie. It's just no, like but it could have been, could have been. That, that's kind of the idea. Okay, like, could have been. Anyways, back to this. So I I do think also that like Aaron Rodgers is a great leader, and I think more guys, especially in the defensive locker room, 
that have that that weight of being champions or being in those games would be great. Look, I mean, Charles Woodson was the premier example. You're not going to find that again. But even if you had found Charles Woodson at the end of his career uh, when the Raiders signed him back, like that guy would have been helpful to the Packers because he still would have been somewhat productive and bringing well, that that, well, that toughness. I think what you're alluding to there is leadership. Yeah, I mean, it's just well, like I, Reggie, Reggie, but Reggie White, <laughs> but Charles, Charles, Charles Woodson was our Reggie. Reggie White was, you know, in the ninety whatever ninety six Super Bowl uh, when Packers won with Favre. He, you know, Charles filled that void in 2010. Yeah. And he brought that swagger. He brought that leadership yep. and all those different things. You, you, you know, and you saw it last night with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, they, it's a better leadership. I mean, Matthew, Tyron, whatever, he flinched. He got all fired up. And granted, for whatever reason, he might have been right most of the time. Maybe the call was bad against them or not. But he was so flustered where, like, Charles would just say, calm down. Hey, man, so, we got we to gotta go play the game. I think of like Julius Peppers was a good guy for the Packers for like yeah. Yeah. that type of guy for a while there. So the name that comes to mind and the dollar's gonna be big. So I don't know what finagling you have to do. Preston Smith's guy probably gonna get cut. Yep. So let's say you cut Preston Smith and Jones and you let Williams walk and you let Lindsley walk and now you have the cap space and then you can fill in the rest with some, you know, short the, here's the thing, because if you sign the guy I'm gonna say, you might have to fill in some other holes with one year stopgap free agents. Is JJ Watt? If he gets available, I mean he he could be he's not going to be JJ Watt of old, but he could be what Ju, what Julius Peppers was for the Packers at the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. And then you get that guy who can get you close to double digit sacks uh, of specialist, but also then that 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 presence in the locker room and that and that just sheer size on the field. I mean that is the type of guy that I just think of. I think of like JPP. With Tampa. Yeah. I mean, you can find these guys, and now he's not getting paid quite what J.J. would have to get paid. I would assume he'd probably apply some sort of discount. Uh, he was an AmFam endorser and a Packer. Like, he can get his money some way, and he's made a lot. So I think if the Packers made a even, it doesn't have to be fair market value, but something close to that, I think he would take it. And to me, like that's the guy. If he's available, uh, and I didn't want to get into names, but when I just think about... The one guy is J.J. Watt. I just think it would make too much sense. There's really maybe it doesn't work, but to me that like that would be the smart choice to try to see if it worked. Well, I I agree, and I think that um, you may make a move at corner and try to bring a free agent in. Maybe a, 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 no, a, a corner's a, one where I think you could find just a lot of no, times but you guys. could you could find a one year deal yeah, guy. Saying, yeah, not necessarily Tremont, who's over basically done. Yeah. But you find a guy, you know, whatever, he's a five million dollar guy who come in and play corner and back you up. And then in the draft, you're going O line, not in this order necessarily, O line, D line, linebacker. Well and some of these free agent signings would also be because even if those guys don't play right away, it's the idea of the reverse of what the Packers are doing now. Their draft was, all right, let's pick Love. Let's, you know, let's try to let's pick Dylan. Let's kind of look to the future. And this time it's okay. We're gonna pick JJ Watt, and now all and if we have anyone younger underneath him, that guy's not gonna play. So there's not even developing them with playing time. So, but I still think it's worth it. You have to be to me. You have to look at Aaron Rodgers. But D line, like listen, D line is not development. D line is plug and play. But Those, you know what? I, but you know what I'm saying. Like whatever position you are, if you sign these like a cornerback, if you draft a guy in the fourth round and you sign a veteran, that fourth round guy might not get a lot of snaps. But if I'm the Packers, and I guess if you're trying. 
I guess what's the purpose of being a general manager? If the purpose of being a general manager is to try to win the Super Bowl, and I feel like at times that gets lost, it's more of like, hey, we'll give ourselves a chance, but we want to have a chance multiple years. But when you have Aaron Rodgers, and we'll say two more years, I think we can say two more years, Aaron Rodgers playing near this level, we feel pretty confident about. So the Packers should be looking at everything in a two-year window. Now, you don't need to blow up your salary cap like the Saints. You don't need to throw away picks like the Rams. But you should be more aggressive like Tampa is and look at this in a two-year window, even if that means sacrificing them some development for some guys who might not get the playing time that they want. Yeah. But otherwise, you can draft and sign some guys and well, try to make it work together. Here's another void you're going to have. You, I believe Aaron Jones will be gone. Yeah. That's a that's a big problem. I mean, that's to me, it's a bigger problem than Lindsley. Um, like, tell me who your biggest loss is besides you got Preston. Yeah, I don't think Preston's a loss. That'd be a chosen loss. I don't think that's a yeah, loss. Yeah, but Lindsley and Aaron Jones, right? Yeah, I guess. Well, Josh, what do you think? I think I think it's Aaron Jones uh, because I believe – so Aaron Jones brings a aspect to the offense that is pretty hard to replicate uh, with him being such a weapon catching the ball and being such a strong runner. It's hard to get everything you want of, and you hope A.J. Dillon's that – but it's just it's harder to replicate. Like obviously, I agree you can't pay him what he's going to command. Um, he the franchise tag is only eight million dollars a year, which it does open up a possibility. I just think the interior of the offensive line is a little bit easier to cover up, especially with Elton Jenkins uh, and the the people that you would be surrounding him with, where it wouldn't be such a glaring hole. And you can find a, again a veteran yeah. to fill that. I mean, Engler, right. who normally doesn't show with us, has been the first to admit like it's an important position, but center. You can find a guy and hide him right. if you needed to. And you're right. I think I fall guilty of this too. Aaron Jones, especially uh, last year when Devontae missed a lot of times, was winning games for the Packers. He, I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's, your, he's your second wide receiver. So he's going to get paid. I think he's got a lot left in the tank because he wasn't. he's not just this, you know, they didn't run him into the ground. Now, I don't think the Packers bring him back. What's going to happen is the Packers are going to be like a lot of NFL teams where you're going to have Dylan. I assume they're going to let Williams go because it's repetitive, and I feel like they're going to be a cap crunch, especially if they try to spend money on defense. And so then you have Dylan, and then you're going to probably find some sort of piecemeal of like, well, this guy can be our pass catcher, and this guy's our third down back. And and now you're trying to figure out three running backs to do the job that Aaron Jones did himself. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Yurkovic, Yurkovic said, hey, don't yeah. ever invest in running backs. And I get that part of it, but it doesn't mean they're still not going to miss Jones. Well, the, just like the linebackers, right? We were missing linebackers, yeah. and you watched. David and White for Tampa yep. play their butts off. You're yeah. like, man. Both things can be true. They the, can be a dime a dozen, but when you have them, they're, they're Yeah, the, it, so if you the Packers got both Jones and Williams in the same draft, and they got two very good players. James Robinson ended up being a, a great find. There's, there's running backs out there. You just have to find the right one. You have to know you're going to make – make an investment in the strange thing you kind of hinted towards it later uh, earlier with remember when the Packers were signing people like Sheldon Richardson uh those veterans yeah. who were first round picks it's like what Bell Belichick does if there's a first round pick who's available he just picks them up and says maybe maybe this will be a revelation and they didn't really they got guys they got veterans but it was never anyone you could get all that excited about it was a Tyler Irvin a Tavon Austin a Tremont Williams where they they were just Guys. Well, it's because you you're so he- heavily weighted with other guys like Brady and Gronkowski, and then you know. Well, he's Teddy... talking about the Packers signing Irvin and those. Yeah, guys, but... no, no, yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. 
I was sorry. I, I was drifting into the the reason why uh, okay. the Patriots had success. But when when they did have success, those guys are the guys that yep that that you could fill the void with, where a young team wouldn't take the chance on. Right, and I just think in general, I'd always bet on the the talent of a guy to see if there's a wide receiver out there who was a high pick that was cut by someone. Like it's the same reason why it didn't work out. Kevin White got picked up by like two other teams because like he was the seventh overall pick. And he had a lot of injuries, and the Bears aren't known for develop offensive talent. It didn't work out for him, but a couple teams were like, "Hey, well, might as well bring him in, see if he works out here. It's not going to hurt. The guy's a physical freak." And we'll take a break here. This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite, one hundred point five ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. The Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive on one hundred point five ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Boulevard. Summer Sand Volleyball Leagues are now forming. That's right. That's going to be coming back. Men's, women's, co-ed, rec, intermediate, and advanced intermediate levels available. Car night starts Wednesday, May 5th. I like this read. There's a lot of positivity about, like, spring. We're going to be outside, car night, volleyball. Especially now. Bike night. That's Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. Uh, Locally owned and operated for 71 years. And they want to thank everyone for the support during their times. It is nasty outside. And so it is uh, nice to think about a normal spring or, or summer, hopefully, that's on the horizon for us. We had great wings, the garlic, barbecue, and buffalo. I had one of each. Spectacular. Pickles with the boom boom sauce. Uh, pick, pickle chips, excuse me. Great. Tark had the Philly cheesesteak. You had the chicken bake ranch, and I had a club sandwich. I liked what I ate, I'm sure. Out of this world. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and we, I mean, in the past, and I'm sure we'll get back out there, I've done plenty of shows. Good crew out there. Went out there for the bike night. Those are kind of fun. Those were on Thursdays. We used to do the show on Thursdays. So yep. we'd be out there for some of those bike nights. Uh, it was a good time. This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive presented by Miller Lite. I'm 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. I've got a you, – you mentioned we talked briefly there about the weather. Um, if you haven't, and this goes for all the fans of Monday Night Drive, if you haven't, uh, don't look at the 10-day forecast. I already have it. Oh. <laughs> Because I did this morning uh, when I woke up and it was 60 degrees in my apartment. And I was like, how long are we going to deal with this? And it, oh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so. next Tuesday. You yeah. get like 16. Yep, yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh, this is just an extra kick in the pants with the pandemic, too. Yeah. I'll say this since we're not in Mar- I don't want to get my friend in trouble. But I have a friend who's a principal at a middle school. And I think it's fine. But so... I was able to bring my girls over and he brought his kids and they, we all just played in the gym yeah. at the middle school. I was like, this is, we were there two and a half hours. So right. like, it's like, should I round them up? I'm like, I'm like, we're on vacation. So <laughs> it's your call because we don't get to do this. So it's your, it's your gym. So you let us right. do what we want to do. But it was a godsend as the girls got to run around because it was obviously a giant gym and only a couple kids, right. uh, no mask and just playing like indoor wiffle ball and, basketball and yeah scooting around and everything in this weather too that's the most activity they're probably going to get until next wednesday i don't know did you you guys got to play with those uh the floor scooters the the yeah. finger pinch machines yep do we have they're, any snafus no they're a little bit uh <laughs> they'll upgrade what you can do is you can pin you can uh put them together now so now uh, basically the smart thing is to at least have two together so then you're not pinching yeah. your fingers under there 
Nola did. Nola had one. My youngest did four. She had one with a steering wheel. And at first, she could get the hang of it. So I hang of it. I push her, and like she'd go. I like don't turn it. And she'd turn it, and she'd flip herself. <laughs> like stop turning it. So let it go. And she figured it out after flipping herself a few times. But uh, it was a, a very good time back in uh, Cedarburg there. But talk. We're just talking about what a miserable stretch run we have here. Weather. This is tough, man. This is a grind after a, a tough year, and I mean. We've been spoiled a little bit too because we've been above freezing for most of the, the winter. Now we're just yeah where we are where we're supposed to be. But it, we were we were appreciating a little bit of love. This is a vortex, mother, I don't even know. mother nature. I think it's one of those vortex <laughs> things. I don't know. I I don't really understand it. And I I'm from <laughs> Milwaukee. My whole I, and it's quite a bit warmer. It there. is. I like every. T- so I did that a, mistake as well. Yeah. I looked at, compared the two, and it it's was warmer in Milwaukee. Much. Yeah, the lake. Yeah. The lake warms it up. And so, growing up in Cedarburg, it was always warmer. But Wait, we got two lakes. What are Let's go. <laughs> Those are like baby lakes. <laughs> but how many more lakes you want? You'd be dialing. Be <laughs> this this is greedy with lakes. This isn't like Mum's Champagne. You can't get a bunch of lakes and get lake effect uh, warmth. It's you got to have the the lake. You got to have a great one. yeah. Man, very fine lakes here. Very, very fine lakes. We need great lakes. Huge, <laughs> huge, huge lakes. Huge lakes. <laughs> There's very fine lakes in Madison. Biggest lake ever. Huge lakes uh, to really get that effect. Yeah, no doubt, man. I can't wait. You know, I saw though in ten days it's going to be like sixteen degrees uh, Whoa, next week. Let's throw a party <laughs> wave. Absolutely, man. Half glass full. Let's <laughs> do it. Remote right outside. Let's just. Well, that's the stupid thing is that we're all everyone's going to be wearing shorts at the sixteen. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Jamoke out there wearing shorts right oh, now. Oh, yeah. And you're not wearing shorts today, are you? No, of course okay. not. I know you wore shorts, and I used to wear shorts more in cold weather. Uh, Scalza would murder me if I wore sh- uh, shorts to work. Uh, we get away with hooded sweatshirts and pants right now, jeans right now, because of the pandemic. We don't see anyone. But, We're all going to have vaccines, and it's going to be like 50 degrees and sunny before you know it. That's what we were saying. We were talking about Boulevard. We are talking about the great food. They have summer leagues. They have bike cat, uh, summer volleyball, bike night, all that kind of stuff. And we've been out there before for bike night. Yeah. And so, like, to be out and about and do that kind of stuff, go over, you know, a million different places we go check out and everything. Oh, man. It, through the wings and then my, the prime rib sandwich I ate, it's unbelievable. And yeah. by the way, I'm that guy, like, I'm trying to, like, you know, coming off the weekend, eating Super Bowl, all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not like, you know, I love to eat, right? But tonight I was just going to try and take it easy. But <laughs> I, I cut the sandwich in half, ate, ate one half, and then I'm eating a, you know, half of the next half. And the whole thing's going down because it tastes so good. And kudos to Boulevard. Thank you. And so well, let's kind of wrap up this show a little bit, talk about the game or this hour. I want to talk about Jimmy Leonard and Joe Barry, their new defensive coordinator, which yikes, uh, at least as far as resume. I don't. I will see what he does. You know, again, I'm with you. It's more about the players than the coach, but it's uh, it seems like a weird step down there for the the Packers. But both these teams, Tampa and Kansas City, if you're betting, who do you bet gets farther next year? Well, I, yeah, Kansas City, obviously, because I mean, yeah, Mahomes just he's the greatest player on earth right now. You know, he's not the goat. It is weird that he lost, but he didn't really lose much like luster off of his what people think of him. Like that's fair, right? I mean, yeah. He was making plays left. No, he's he's absolutely. He, you know, if if you were looking the dictionary, or if God was to make the perfect quarterback, it would be Mahomes. I mean, he is the quarterback with 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 everything. And 
It doesn't doesn't mean that Brady's not the goat, and and Brady has the intangibles. He does, Brady doesn't have the athletic ability, doesn't have the arm, doesn't have a lot of things that Mahomes has. But that doesn't mean like you if you you're talking to your your kids, or you're talking about you could all be excellent and be uh, whatever the best that you could be or best ever, and not have all the tools. I mean, so both guys are awesome, and it just so happens though that Mahomes is younger and. You know what? A lot of those guys are coming back, and uh, you know they probably have a better chance of being a better team. So Kansas City, that is. With that, I asked this question on I think Friday on the jump around, and the the question was when the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010, and you thought the 2010-11 season, and Aaron Rodgers is basically Patrick Mahomes then. Now Aaron Rodgers has fulfilled his hype. I mean, so I'm not saying that he's some sort of Never won. I mean, he didn't get the Super Bowls, but Packers offense was loaded, loaded with players. Defense was good enough, and you had Aaron Rodgers. The following year, they went 15-1. and So when the Packers won the Super Bowl, how many more Super Bowls, do, as a fan, did you think they were going to win? It came. Most people said, last I looked, it was about like 44% said one, and 44% said two, and a few said three. And so it was, um, that's about right, one to two, would be a fair expectation. I thought of the question because Mahomes is going to have a very high, you know, people are going to look very highly on him. He's already been to two Super Bowls, which is more than Rodgers did. We need to win more. But Mahomes, a lot of times, for trying to get to the GOAT or high-end status, three is really that magic number. Two really puts you in that conversation. But it's a counting game. He was there, and sometimes you just got to do it. But it And it's a fair slash unfair um, standard, but like Dan Marino's never going to be in that conversation. And Dan Marino's amazing. He's never going to be in a conversation as greatest of all time. And John Elway only got in a conversation at the end of his career when he wasn't the guy driving it. But I'll ask both of you guys, how many Super Bowls, like when you saw it happen, did you think the Packers would win with Aaron Rodgers? Well, here's the deal. Um, and Josh, one thing to preface here is, you know, well, I'm a politician now. pre pre uh, collective bargaining agreement, okay? post and uh, the Patriots basically did a filibuster and they went on this run right and I guess that's an anomaly you can't you can't judge people by, by that but you look at every other great franchise whether it's the Colts the Saints the Steelers where they have maybe two the Steelers yeah um so what you you know Rutledge is hard on Rodgers because he didn't win multiple. I'm not hard on him. Yeah, you are, dude. You always are. You're like, dude, we're, we're tired of winning. And a lot of people are. We're are like, what it's are we, just NFC championship that we're just keep going? It's a standard every quarterback's got. No question. Yeah. But, so it's not okay, the same me hard the, on Rodgers. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, but eh, a little bit of that Bears projecting <laughs> negative attitude. A little bit. I don't do that on Rodgers. You might say that on other players. I can't. I was the one. I said Rodgers was good last year. But with... With the parity, the changeover, unlike, you know, we knew the 49ers, it was almost like they were mirroring uh, back in the 80s basketball, you know, Lakers, Celtics. You had the 49ers, Steelers prior to the, the 49ers, right? Um, Cowboys had a run at it. Um, but really, after that, it's been up for grabs, and nobody's really been able to except for the Patriots. The Patriots have done something that's really put a lot of pressure on Brady. Because, you know, Roethlisberger did it twice, right? Um, Peyton did it twice, two different teams. Eli Col- got two. The Colts were great, but 
But Eli, like, everyone's like, yeah, really did too, but he was like, he's he's kind of. He's not Rodgers. I get that. He's, he's kind of lame. He's kind of lame. It's a little lame. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. It could be in a nice way. It could be like, hey, that's my brother. With you know, all he's a nice respect. Guy. He's a nice guy. Nice guy. Good leader. Hall of Famer because you got two. But if you didn't have two Super Bowls, would he be a Hall of Famer? No chance. No, it's kind of like Aikman. Uh, uh, Karmazin. Karmazin was beating up. Okay. Karmazin was beating up Aikman this weekend. Um, and if you look at the stats, it was, you know, his stats aren't really In that person great. Or just I, I don't know. Were you listening? No, to, no. I, uh, I was listening to the uh, radio show. And Karma, I mean, uh, Aikman's, Aikman's stats are not great. They, they Sunday don't come, Karma? Yeah. He's like 50 50. He got 50, 50%. You know, he almost has as many touchdowns as he has interceptions. Yeah. Did, did you get a check? From Carmerson to say that you listened to his I'm show. Just, I'm the only one. I'm the, I'm the real loyal guy. You guys are just, you know, punching your time Johnny cards. Come lately. We go back. <laughs> oh yeah. He was our first host. I mean, well, I let me shed a tear. Let me shed a tear. What a- <laughs> Miller Lite football show. Uh, um, to put some, I thought, I thought, I thought the Packers were going to have two to three more Super Bowls in them at that point. Uh, simply because I thought Father Time would catch up with Tom Brady, which uh, seemingly and miraculously <laughs> it has not to the extent. Uh, I think we all understood that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together were going to be a problem forever uh, as long as they were together, but it it didn't go the way you expected at all. And there's there's a lot... There's a lot of things that you really can't control for, be it injuries, but but there's also some levels of incompetence uh, from be it coordinators, be it head coaches that also were stuff that the Packers have been slow to move on from. Yeah, but that's just I, their know, thing. It, like yeah. incompetence, I, may I, I I could see that, but really in the end, I I believe that Belichick was a great, um, basically HR director. Yeah, he he ran he ran he knew when to he he knew when to lose the guy. Too many of these franchises fall in love with their guys and they got to resign them. Yeah, he didn't fall in love with anybody. I mean, clearly didn't fall in love with even Brady at the end. He let him Maybe go. Maybe he should have. Maybe he should have. <laughs> we'll but take it. That, but that's where you want to fall in love with Rodgers, right? Yep. But you need to bring in the right personnel and you need to know how to draft and you need to do all those things. I think that's more important than. You know, not calling the right play or putting people in the right position because if you have the right guys together, build the right culture, you got a better opportunity. This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin. Are you ready for the Monday Night Drive? Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, this is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. With former Badgers Rose Bowl champions Tarek Sala and Derek Engler, here's Jim Rutledge. Welcome back to Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Metro Kia, if you're looking for a safe car to drive for good value, 
look, Derek got the Telluride. It is spectacular. And that's the great thing about Kia. You can get value cars. You can get high-end luxury cars. You can find everything in between. That Telluride is the best value in the market for an SUV. And then you have other options there as well. But one of them is the, the 2021 Seltos, tw- all-wheel drive. You can get that for like $23,000. And all-wheel drive, you got the remote start. You got all these different things built into it. Lane assist. Remote start. You need that now yeah. for sure. Lane assist. All that's built in. And those are standard features on there. And so now you get the opportunity to have an affordable car, a valuable car, and something safe for Wisconsin winter. So when you're freezing your butt off and you're like, this weather's horrible, it's icy, how do I get around safely? Go find the team at Metro Kia of Madison, and they'll get you in a, a good, safe car. They come with a 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty, 1995 oil change. Lots of great reasons to check out and just drive a Kia today. No, I tell you what, you, I would definitely you know, go get a Kia. You know, one of the things is that you actually look kind of cool in it. I would say oh, yeah. that it's, you know, you know the cars. I don't want to name cars and throw them under the bus uh, too much, <laughs> but, you know, you're like, oh, God, that's that guy driving that car. You know what I mean? And... And uh, I might have been that guy at one point <laughs> in my life, so I'm not like throwing right throwing stones. But you know, and, and when you see when you see a Kia, I mean, you're like, you know, that's that's a nice car, and the value's there. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's a, check it out. Go see the Go. showroom. Just try a Kia. We'd be remiss. So yeah, get your 1995 <laughs> <laughs> oil change, man. And you know that like I had, I had five tires put on there, four in one car, one on the other. So yeah, they do a great. Yeah, job. They, they've changed my brakes on my car. Okay, and my straight, my car wasn't a Kia, right? And they they service all cars. You don't have to have a Kia to get your car serviced. You can bring other types of cars there, and know that you're getting great service. They follow they follow the book, you know, all the instructions based on the car, and they make sure your car's uh, put in the right position. So, um, and then you can walk the dealership and go check out all all the cars, check out the Telluride and uh, all the other great vehicles. So Jim Leonard. 38 years old. Meanwhile, you got Tom Brady, a 43-year-old, 43 years old, winning the Super Bowl. Jim Leonard has been retired for a while now. I think he's been three years as a defense coordinator for the Badgers, one year as a safeties coach, and I think he took a year off after retiring. So just a reminder of how great Jim Leonard is. As I was kind of I thought to look up Jim Leonard's age because of all the the pictures of people posting of Wilford Brimley or Ed Asner at the age of 43 and what they look like compared to Tom Brady at the age of 43, and it's not, it's not even close. But Jim Leonard with the Wisconsin Badgers, it kind of came out, was it Friday or Saturday, that it was his job to turn down for the Packers defensive coordinator position? Uh, I believe Friday night was the news that they had offered it to him, and Saturday morning was the news that he would not be accepting that job. So that is I – I wasn't shocked by that. As I said, he's 38 years old, and right now he could coach the defense for the Badgers the next 10 years and still be very young as an as a coach. So I think he prioritized the security of coaching the Badgers, and I think he wants to stay in Madison. I think if the Badgers things went sideways with the Badgers and he lost his gig, I think he'd just stay here. And good for him. And I don't, I don't think that has anything to do with the Green Bay Packers. I just think he wants to be the defensive coordinator for the Badgers, and I think it's best for his family, best for everything else. He's one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football. Man, no question. Yeah, we we could go down a lot of different rabbit holes here and try and figure out what's in his head, but only Jimmy Jimmy knows what's good for him. Um, you know, you could ask the question, why did he even take the the interview? But then you could say, well, he took the interview to 
to have the experience, right? I mean, he said if it was he, very close. He, I mean, yeah. he was very. You want close to hear to what they have to offer, right? And if your you don't, if you don't take the, yeah, or your home state team. He's a Wisconsin kid. Played for the Badgers. Walk on. Played high school football in Wisconsin. That is. You want to look under the hood, right? And you want to get absolutely. the experience. And you know, as as a young guy, you're you're getting interviewed. If you're not if you're not going out and and you know you don't always have to do it. And he's not he's he's being called on. He's not calling on them. So you know it's it's the right thing to do as a young guy to go experience that and be able to see what it's like and. You know, maybe something there triggers you to take the job, but you're going in there, hey, I'm 60%, I'm, you know, or even maybe it was 90%, I'm not leaving unless they're going to give me something that, or I get to see something that makes me really want to take that job. But, you know, it's just, it's just interesting, even with people really close to the program, and I think even his colleagues, you know, it's the only guy that really knows what's, what's going on is really Jimmy, and maybe obviously his wife, you know, like... What what makes him want X versus Y, and each guy has their own deal, and I don't mean to be PC guy, but it's really the truth. He he only knows. Yeah, I mean, he, he he people all the time get interviews that they don't take the job for, so it's not unprecedented. I know Packers fans, uh, and my me myself got excited about it. He was definitely the candidate I was most excited, but also bummed out because the Badgers won't have that spot and. Like, I, I don't blame him at all for making, yeah. obviously, what... Because he got the chance to do the pinnacle, and he made a choice and said, I like where I'm at, I'm sticking here. And the thing about him, also, from a Packers perspective and a Packers fan, he would have been... He's self-sustainable. Like, yeah. he, he coordinates the whole defense. He calls the defense. He doesn't need anybody else to do anything. And I think LaFleur is, you know, looking for that guy... And I and looking in well, Jimmy's eyes over here when he said whoever they hired, you know, he's a position correct. guy, right? And he doesn't seem as self sustainable as Jimmy would be. So it's concerning a little bit. Well, here, I'll just Tom Silverstein. So Joe Barry is the defensive coordinator they hired. Here's what Tom Silverstein had to say. Not my words. LaFleur will have to sell Barry to Packers fans. In his four years as defensive coordinator, his teams ranked thirty second, thirty second. 28th and 28th in yard allowed. 32nd, 32nd, 17th, and 19th in scoring. First two years with the Lions, the last two with Washington. He was Washington last year? No. He was, he's been like the. Where was he last year? The Rams? Rams? He was the Rams, but then we hired him away from the Chargers because he followed Brandon Stanley from yep. LA who got their head coach. Okay, position. and he was going to be their defense coordinator. He was going to be a DB's coach there. Yeah, not because. Uh, well, but he was the Rams' defense coordinator. No, nope. oh no, he, he was the DB's coach. Yeah, he. Yeah. He's I thought you position. said he was defense coordinator. He wasn't. So the Lions in Washington. Oh, he was. Okay, Previous, that's why they yes. were so terrible. I mean, that's why his numbers yeah. were so terrible. Those are not good. Well, teams. I I totally agree with your concern. Well, here's the, the question. I, Let me what, ask this part what, first. What I'm excited, not excited, but I'm more encouraged about is that he was a coordinator before. Yeah, I agree with you. So the question I have though. It just feels like Petten was fired to fire Petten. I, well, I mean, I think I mean, so was Capers though. Yeah, Capers I mean, was like a four-year burn. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, and the Packers were ninth in points allowed this year. I, well, I agree with you on both fronts. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, I agree with myself, and I agree with you. <laughs> I, it's like, dude, Capers. Capers ran the same. You could argue Capers a better. He's a better defense coordinator than Patton. I more, think. more, sta- more 
uh, accomplished. Yeah. And Patton is more accomplished than Joe Barry. Well, he's more accomplished. What... Yeah, but if you looked at I wish there was a gauge on how much talent you had when you were coaching. Right. The, I mean, when you're a Baltimore Ravens defense coordinator and you have yeah. Jimmy Leonard's the black sheep, he's not a bad black sheep, and you get all these other guys who are unbelievably talented, you, anybody could do that. How do, you, how do you work with less talent? The, the Petten thing is pretty simple to me. He was given to Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur did not decide who he wanted. Obviously, Matt LaFleur decided he wanted Jim Leonard the most, but then he went searching through. If you look at the list of guys, there's not much experience there, and he wants a guy that's going to run the defense the way Jim Leonard does in, at Wisconsin. And the, the one thing you have to hope for is – under LaFleur and under this Brandon Stanley, these are all very young guys, very progressive in terms of uh, how they view the game. And you're hoping you teach an old dog new tricks who has the experience of running defenses that can take over. That's really what you're banking on. Now, yep. we're not going to know until we see it because what we've seen from him in the past is probably not going to be at all like the defense he's running out there Come twenty twenty one season. Yeah, this is this is the NFL, right? Or even business in general. Like whose guys who my guy, your guy, I hire you, you didn't hire me. And if you got in, inside the uh the ecosystem of the Green Bay Packers and you have Gutekunst and you have LaFleur, and I think both very highly highly qualified guys who are good guys, but they have their guys. How's that all coming together? How's that relationship coming together and you know, who's picking who? Who's who's hiring what coaches? I don't think it's unfair to say that Lafleur probably wanted his guy when the opportunity arose. And yeah, I know. Him I know. I know, but it's just the jockeying. Like it works both ways. Oh, hey, you get to hire your guy. You hire your guy. No, you fall on that sword when that guy doesn't do well. You know, you know, it, on both sides. You, wait, you drafted that player. You want to draft the guys? You draft. You're going to blame it on me, and everybody's fighting. It. You know, a couple of years ago, Jacksonville Jaguars. They hired the GM and the head coach at the same time. I'm like, man, that's great. You guys are all doing it. And they're like, yeah, we're coming in together and we're leaving together. Well, you know who left? The The coach left. <laughs> the GM stayed. But yeah. they said they were in it together, right? We're like, yeah, that's a, that's a model program. They have a new owner. They're coming in together. But then there's always this dynamic in there, and somebody gets thrown under the bus. But you know what never happened in New England? There was no question who was in charge. Right. There was no jock, you know, whose guy is this guy, that guy. Belichick was the guy. When you went to Indianapolis back in the day, Bill Polian, he ran the show. It's Polian, it's Polian's show. He hired Dungy. I mean, it was Ted Thompson's show, too. Yep. The Packers used to be that way, and then they, they realigned post-Thompson. Now where Yeah, now they have two young guys, and the board's probably looking at them. I always say the board. Imagine the board runs the show. It's not an ownership group. <laughs> it's right. the board. Yep. Well, the board runs a show, and they're going to make a decision on who they're going to go with. I believe it's Mark Murphy, then down to Goody, yeah. then to LaFleur. Yeah. But it Ultimately seems Murphy. like yeah. it seems like to this point, Goody and LaFleur seem to be on the same page to okay. what we can understand. Is it safe to say, and this is the, I don't, I'm coming from I don't know, but Ball, right? There's yes. the Ball character. Russell Ball. Russell Ball, and then you have Goody Koontz, and... They, How about Russ Ball? Are they on the same page? I mean, before they were, jo- weren't weren't there a question on who was going to be the GM and who? That who? was a little internal power play. Yeah, good yeah. memory on that. One. I forgot about that whole. Yeah, ball, it was Russ Goody Ball, thing. Elliot Wolf, and, yeah, and where do we Goody sit Fox. now? Where do we sit now? Where does where where do they um 
where they see each other. And, you know, I think that's really important, though, as we move forward, that we all go in lockstep because <laughs> we, we, well, yeah. we, we, well, we, we want to use but, collaboration. But, what but, they're talking about. Yeah. You, you know, like, you know, and, and LaFleur is probably looking at it going, hey, I, you know, the love pick, like, hey, I may not be here to see love throw those right. 30 touchdowns that he's supposed to throw in like five years. <laughs> but I, you know, Gutekun's probably saying the same thing to himself, but like, whatever, I don't know. They had to make it, they had to make that happen for whatever reason. So we're still scratching our heads. <laughs> I love uh, the Darks just applied some mysterious pressure on someone in the Packers <laughs> the draft the, because that's as good a reason as any. Like, well, I mean, a, a classic move for most GMs is to draft your quarterback to guarantee you get to see him at least start. Yeah. That is a very famous move. Now, we can't have, there's been absolutely no news that that was uh, Goody's motivation. Right. But it's been a thing where, where above all else, people want to guarantee their jobs. And a good way to do that is to have the quarterback well, in waiting. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Here's the yeah, well. This is, he started it, the clock. He's going to start a new clock. Hey, a new this is <laughs> this is this is. I think in business too. You know, people. You know, a CEO of a company and a, and a public company goes to the board and says, sells them on this big vertical integration, and they say, hey, it's going to take four to five years. The whole time, the guy's collecting a big salary. He gets yeah. a big bonus, and then he's this golden parachute at the end of the deal. But he's got to conjure up something that gets everybody <laughs> excited, right? Right. Or is he actually putting it to practice and making it work? <laughs> and you know. Here's here's the thing, like Notre Dame. Uh, I'm trying to think of other schools. They they have this whole deal deal where oh, you know, Minnesota did it for years, um, where they sell season tickets on their recruiting class. You have well, we get the top ten recruiting, class, you know, and then you then you do this post recruiting deal where you just like spin each player. Look how great he is. He's so great. And, you know, we're, we're going to be great. So buy those tickets because well, you know, you're on year three or four. You're like, dude. You had a great recruiting class all the time. You haven't won a game. No, but we're going to get there. We're coming together. Scott Frost right now is going, yeah, well, we're just trying to, we're making them, we're molding that together. But you know what? Like Barry does. Barry doesn't care. Barry, Paul, they don't care. We didn't care about where we fit into the recruiting deal. We just go win games. You win games, people come, right? It's just it's just interesting that dynamic. I the, well, hey, there too. the listeners out there and everybody in their little ecosystems out there are always going all, you know, I know that guy. That guy that guy, he's he's you know, he's conjuring up this deal to tell the boss that, you know, he's so important and blah, blah, blah. Well, either he's doing it or he's not, right? So there are all these politics. It's just interesting that that we see it right in front of us everywhere we go. And we have this great franchise, the Packers, and you have this dynamic of leadership that not quite they're working their way through things too as we go along. Or is it, am I am I, uh, am I wa- walking in line here? Am, no. I, am I in trouble? No, no absolutely okay. not. I just want to make sure I'm not blasphemous. I'm not really uh, criticizing the Packer Green and Gold leadership too much. I thought you you made a good point. You brought it to you extrapolated. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was I'm entertaining. Scrapper. I just want to make. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if extrapolating and scrapping is the same. The sounds, sounds good. I know where you're going. I just can't get. I can't get too smart. I gotta bring myself down. Last week I tried a big word. I didn't do it. I didn't get there. I saw a funny clip. I'll have to see if I can pull it up here. Uh, it was uh, since Lou Dobb, I believe, was fired or like oh yeah. whatever. Uh, there's a clip of him trying to say, I believe, the word Guadalajara, and he got halfway through it on the teleprompter and just gave up. 
<laughs> and he just gave it a sigh. And and I've seen both Derek and Tark. I mean, Derek, Tark, and Ben all pull that move where it's like, well, parachute, let's get out of here. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> Come on, I'll take my shots now. <laughs> Didn't happen. Don't try it. Don't go any further. I just, remember, was I just the, wish I knew the word not, that not I was trying word. to do. I wish I knew. We should have like a whole segment. That would be great. Can we... That should be a sponsored segment of just words that cannot be completed. (laughs) I know who will not be sponsored, and that's the University of Wisconsin. (laughs) Let me get Marquette to sponsor. (laughs) These guys try to say really big words. Hip hop, hip hip hop, anonymous. (laughs) That's from uh, Big Daddy, Uh, Rob Schneider's character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Can't say hippopotamus. What, what movie was that? Which one? Big Daddy. Okay. I feel like that one just kind of fell. I that was entertaining. I, I mean, it wasn't like fantastic, but I thought that was an entertaining movie. You know, what I see a lot now with uh, is Grown Ups. Is that one good? It's pretty good, but it's on. It's on like TBS. Some of those syndicated deals. See, now that I switched like to Hulu, like I, I literally don't watch anything unless it's something like I want. Yeah. Like it's it's mostly good, but sometimes it's bad. We're like, oh yeah, like you don't just like see what's on TV. It's just gonna feed me. What I'm still, I want to watch. I'm, I'm that old, you know, that I'm still in that. I got to go through the stations. Yep. yep. And uh, what's like, what's crazy now, though, you could, you know, so easy to tape it, and you just just go to the library it, and you go back to it. Put it in the library. <laughs> I went looking for this Lou Dobbs sound, and I got no idea where we are. No, I was but, just saying that I have Hulu, and I I don't. He was saying that he watches Growing Ups because it's just like on cable. I said that's one thing with like Hulu. Like I don't get the experience. I don't just like look through the. I don't even know how to. You don't stumble on. I don't know the channel for. I I assume there's channel numbers to things on Hulu. I don't know what any of them are. Like no, it just loads up because you can pick. Like I I want to see ABC. I want to see Fox, and like it'll just load up what's on those channels. It's just like there for you. And then he just dropping this. I tape. No, our generation though. How about this though? You go and you go get like those syndicated shows. And you have like Shawshank Redemption, yeah. and you got Born Supremacy, or any of those Borns on. Yeah. And you're like, well, which one am I going to watch? Well, you just <laughs> tape both of them, and then it just crushes the commercial, and you're going back and forth, and you're like celebrating your own mind. You're like, dude, I can watch these no commercials. No one's going to stop me. I'm just going back and forth until your wife comes in, and she puts like, you know, the uh, crown on, and then you get stuck watching. I make a reference to like Netflix shows. And <laughs> yeah, well, she, old school she, cable shows. She's young enough. You're weaving. She's young enough where she's she's into like Netflix and whatever these other Hulu How things are. Young? Do you think you're <laughs> into Netflix? Well, I think there's really. I think I think <laughs> if you're below 45, you're dialed in to all say, these. I got feelings right at Roku Tark's age. And all this. <laughs> the 40. Hulu. I mean, I'm Netflix 46. at this point is kind of like Facebook. Like all the olds yeah. are on Netflix. I feel like the, the, the Hulu. I agree. Like I feel like people are. Where's Roku in the deal? <laughs> it's hardware mainly. Okay. Yeah, it's the thing you would plug into a TV. I just wa- I watched that, and I'm like the poor man's version the- of uh, any financial guy. But the, it's a stock that you got to watch. It drops. You should buy it. And I'm talking not- about uh, <laughs> Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Bitcoin's good. You just needs forty two thousand dollars. I'm just a couple years you, late on it. You, you know you can it. buy Bitcoin in pieces. You don't have to buy a whole forty two thousand dollar coin. In my epic long hangout with my friend, I downloaded an app. I haven't really got much into it, but it was about. We had a lot of conversations about Bitcoin and, and yeah. that technology. Coinbase is the app I've downloaded. I, I have that. You I should, have some you should really get on GameStop. It's huge. <laughs> 
Before we go to break here, I want to play this, what reminded me of uh, Tarek, Derek, and Ben. Uh, it's pretty funny here from Lou Dobbs. The caravan of mostly Central American immigrants is now in the Mexican city of Guadalajara tonight. Where <laughs> the caravan of mostly Central American immigrants is now in the Mexican city of Guadalajara. <laughs> what? He's See, trying to say more funny is How that did you he, know that it was He that? takes himself so serious. <laughs> yes. Well, we're, we're, we don't take ourselves serious. We just know we're just... It's like he had an up. episode in the middle of that. <laughs> the, his face, He wasn't too. joking? No, no. He was serious? I don't think he knew what was coming on the script, and when it happened in front of him... It's a word jumble. I'll give him that. Like, if yeah. you saw it, you'd be like, whoa. It's not, it's not a word, unless you're familiar with the word Guadalajara. It, when it pops up in Listen, front of you, you're going to have to think about it. I never saw anyone more sadder than Jim when Lou Dobbs was let go from Fox. I mean, you, how long did you cry for? I mean, you you cried for days. And this is, the I think, the first uh. time he's able to collect himself <laughs> and bring him, bring him back are you okay? Mexican city of Washington. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do miss that. I do. <laughs> it's all right. You want a hug? Yeah, I think. I legitimately, I don't know if I've ever watched a cable news show on any of them. They're all pretty brutal. Do you know Lou Dobbs on CNN for like years? I remember watching. No, he, I mean, how much cable? I, I know so little about. Yeah, yeah. you don't. Yeah, cable news. Cable, do you watch? If you have any money, let's go. Talking is just watching cable news on his. Like the old school box in his house. Yeah, maybe he'll end up on PCI. Netflix and you can see him there. Any old stories, parables about <laughs> cable news? Like, give you a little insight. Lou Dobbs is on there for years, and this is before I even got into like watching the news. So you know, and he's on. He was so boring, so boring. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I I still I still won't. You know, I don't necessarily. I probably disagree with him on a few things, but I, I agree with him on some. But he's just freaking boring, most boring guy. So I don't think Fox is missing anything, whether well, you agree with the guy or not. He got, he's boring. He got, he got fired because he's getting sued into oblivion, and so is Fox. The so Fox said, "You know what? You're out." Yeah. No That's, thanks. <laughs> well, if you can't say Guadalajara, oh, we're not going to yeah, defend you. Yeah, you're you. out. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to get sued billions, and you're in the suit. Uh, if it's good for us to fire you, you're out. Bye, Lou. Who are you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Lou. New 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 broadcast station. Who's this? But he's really dry. No matter what side of the aisle, is he not dry? I, I've never watched the show. That's the first time I've heard. What do you mean you were crying about him leaving? <laughs> How old is Lou Dobbs? Uh, he's just old. But that doesn't mean anything. He does There's a lot of young. young guys. I mean, old guys that are interesting. You know? Yeah. Kind of. Is now in the Mexican city of Washington. <laughs> I like the. <laughs> he goes he sings it. Immigrants <laughs> is now in the Mexican city of Washington tonight. Where he starts with like a wa, which uh, I, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I just like play it again. It's the city of Washington tonight. Where it's city of Washington. I just in city of Washington. He gets serious right after tonight. That. I would have laughed my ass off if I said that. I mean, you guys wouldn't let me. Get past that, but no, no, I, I would have let myself get past the whole show it. Shut down. <laughs> I I didn't use the word propensity, but I was like in that. <laughs> in that word, I did somewhere in that well, word. And you have been both through it, but it's a lot of. Like, I don't know. You use words that are close in pronunciation, but not in definition to each other. So, like you did it earlier too. Like, yeah, you you know where you're going, but you 
you lose your, confidence. Yeah, your brain like, like clicks. It's like right here. You got <laughs> yeah. two words that are close. And you click the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But see, I do it because you know I can't pronounce it. I can't pronounce it. But I don't throw another word out there. No. And and hope that it just means what I'm trying no, to say. No. That's the thing. I know that you know the word you want to say and the correct meaning for it. It's just once in a while you say the wrong word that sounds very similar to it. All right. So just it's make like, sure you clear. <laughs> push me towards. I I I'm, I want to be more in tune the meeting than I am pronunciation because well, I can uh, handle my mispronunciations. I, I, I said too close. That's not it. That was too close. I was just. Well, well, City ha. of Warsaw. <laughs> literally sounds like he has marbles in his mouth. Of Warsaw. Right, right there. That, like the jump roll in the middle. It's like Warsaw. Warsaw. You have to watch it too. I'll, I'll send it out and just look at Lou Dobbs if, for all the fans trying to pronounce Guadalajara. His face—he's very—he doesn't know where to go. He's stuck. He'll be okay, Jim. Lou will be okay. He, he will be fine. Will GoFundMe be, page—we got it up. Lou, right? Lou will be just fine. Flags at half. Jim mass. will be tweeting it out from his account later. Yes. This is for Lou. Spill out a little Miller Lite right now. <laughs> the best trick is Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. You're listening to Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. To Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive presented by Miller Lite. Shout out again to the team at Boulevard. Amazing wings. Tarks asked me no less than five times where we got the food from. It's Boulevard. Great wings. Uh, that's a compliment. He ate bacon off my club sandwich here, Josh. This yeah. Was, and I, I ate some ham off it too. <laughs> yeah, I, I ate some ham. It's like Thanksgiving ham, like real ham, like not just, you know, cutlet ham. It is really good ham. <laughs> When I got the taste. I go pull it out of my, my dinner. <laughs> uh, you had the chicken bake rant. You were smart, Josh. You got your own little space over there. So you're able to eat the chicken yeah, bake ranch. I brought back like that five way. violations that I committed of COVID, but whatever. You weren't around, so oh, better. it's your own fault. <laughs> better. Sorry for leaving my food out. <laughs> Silly me. It's a violation. Oh, man. They're locally only been owned and operated for 71 years. They want to thank everyone for the support. They got bike nights coming up in May. Car night starts in May. Summer sand volleyball leagues now forming. Let's get back. Let's get back out the boulevard. Let's go. Amen. This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive presented by Miller Lite. Oh, wait, wait. so we left the last segment talking Lou Dobbs and how sad you were that you left the word. station. <laughs> What's that? Putting you back together like the Tin Man or whatever. Hum- Humpty Dumpty. Straw Man. Straw Man. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty, though, fell apart. Yeah. He did. I, we're, we're mixing up. We're all, and he all made it. He made it. You could do it, too, Jim. We're here for you. Okay. So, in the quarterback desperation wheel here, I want to get your thoughts on, let's start with what we know has happened, Matthew Stafford, to Detroit, and Jared no. Goff is part of that trade. Well, I'm sorry, two- Matthew Stafford. To the Rams, yep. off to Detroit. First, multiple first round picks going to 
Detroit as part of this deal as well. As How many are they getting? Picks, two? Two. Yeah, and wow. then uh, some other picks in there as well. Now, some people would look at this trade that that second pick is more to Detroit to take on Goff's contract. And, and so it's a little bit of, it was not necessarily two first for Stafford that if Goff wasn't part of the deal, then maybe that first round doesn't need to go. Because now, now Detroit's got a quarterback, and Goff seems like a, I think he's a fine quarterback, but now they have to like deal with his contract, and it's not really movable right away. But if he's a good player, it's a great deal for Detroit. But that first-round pick and those extra picks kind of secure it as like, hey, no matter what, we're getting kind of paid to take on a contract here. Yeah. And so let's forget the Detroit side of it because it's not really done to be competitive this next year. Yeah, but their draft picks are substantial. I mean, that's a really it's something to look at. But yep. But let's look at the uh, let's look at the Rams side of it. Stafford. They don't have a draft pick for the next seven hundred years. And so I think it's going to be seven years without a first-round draft pick. Wow. But they got Matthew Stafford. And in this, imagine Matthew Stafford in the Packers-type offense. I mean, that's what the Rams are running. Yeah, I think I think Stafford, you know, he showed some moxie at times, toughness. He's going to bring a little, uh, hopefully, a little attitude out there. Um, it's It'll be interesting. They got, got, I mean, they got Aaron Donald. They've got, they got the, you know, a defense has a chance. They add a few more pieces. It could be a little bit more, maybe some middle linebacker, a middle linebacker. But they're right there. And then, uh, the well, offense. yeah. If I saw the Rams last year, we saw the game. I mean, their Achilles' heel was their quarterback play in general, not just that specific yeah. to the Packer game. But if Stafford and their coach is supposed to be the guru, man, he's a guru just like Lafleur and yeah, just and like Shanahan. Got, I think he got Goff the most you're going to get out of Goff. Yeah. So now he's got a. Now we'll see what he is because we saw, and I think Aaron Rodgers and the floor teaming up together kind of showed like, oh, well, this offense with a average quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, we can win a good amount of games. Yeah, but when you put in a Ferrari back there, yeah, then it's like, whoa, okay, the, this offense is remarkable. Well, these coaches, and I forgot the Rams coach, but you know, the floor and McVay, McVay, Shanahan. I mean, Shanahan's arguably the best coach in the league. I mean, he he has that ability to not only get the most out of his quarterback, but then he's got – I mean, how many injuries have they had, the 49ers? He's kept them in games, mm-hmm. brought them to the Super Bowl last year. Um, so you would think McVay would be able to make the most out of Stafford and, and uh, you know, really be able to bring that team to a whole nother level. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, so – and you have Deshaun Watson probably – he doesn't want to play there. This could drag out. I think it's affecting – teams are moving on from it. Well, doesn't it affect the draft and like where It affects go? a lot of things, and I don't know where it ends. I could see – and actually, so you'll like this. Um, the Chicago – our team at ESPN Chicago had a little interview with Jay Cutler before the Super Bowl, and they asked him about uh, Deshaun Watson and, and what he should do, and he just said, hey, if he doesn't want to be there, just do what I did and don't show up. Because remember, Josh McDaniels went to Denver and basically did some weird, like, over-the-top hardo things as coach. And, like, a lot of players, including Cutler, like, what? Who are you? And then he just wanted to run those guys out and bring in his own guys. And so Cutler uh, said, fine, I'm done. I'm out then. You, you got, well, you want me out, I'm out. And so, so he just said, so Sean Watson, sit it out. I'm confident Watson could do that. I think last week we got pretty um, emphatic about – if Rodgers doesn't want to be here, he can just not show up. And people yeah. say, well, you can't dump his contract. No, well, he has leverage. 
Watson has leverage. Yep. Watson, yeah, Watson has leverage. The question about Watson though is, you know, do they have? They don't have any clawbacks on a guaranteed money, right? No. I mean, it'd be really hard to do that. See, and this is the weird. The I'll be honest. The salary cap in the NFL is tricky. Um, and I can't even manage it in like the video game, much less in like real life. Like as far as these cap hits and when they hit, and like like if for example, the next one I get to like if the Bears trade Nick Foles or Carson Wentz in a normal scenario, you'd think like, oh well, you subtract the cap hit that Foles has from Wentz's cap hit, but no, like. Both teams just get kicked in the, in the kneecaps. They had that, and like, quote unquote dead money. Yeah. Like the Bears would eat $6 million from Foles and Philadelphia would eat $33 million from Wentz in, the, yeah. in that scenario. It's largely based on bonus structure and how they spread it out uh, because even guaranteed money, when they tell you that, that's not really quite what it means. It's really all has to do, and they gave a big bonus to uh, Deshaun Watson, much like they did with Mahomes, to make it affordable so you don't have to destroy your whole team to have those guys around. But you're still on that hook for that money that you that you put in a bonus it, to start. It'd be interesting to see what what's going down in Houston because you know, they they had a, a couple times to reset here, right? Because you you had the GM, right? And he wasn't involved in the GM, and he kind of got mad because he wasn't involved. And then you have the chance to hire the coach, and so then you have the coach, and that still didn't make him. He's still not, not feeling good. Did feeling you it. did you see that they? fired there was reports that came out i believe it was from espn where they fired the equipment manager because he they viewed him as not loyal to the new regime there an equipment manager which all the players loved yep liked deshaun watson and they thought he would be sympathetic towards deshaun watson so they're just cleaning house with people who don't deserve to be in the position they are there's another and maybe it's the same story but there's someone else who was elevated uh, I don't know, the chat like someone who was like formerly a chaplain elevated to a position within a team that didn't make any sense either. And well, going back, so there's uh, uh, Bob Palasik's daughter, Amy Palasik, was their head of oh yes, that's right. That was the beginning of it. They people lost their mind with that one because by all accounts, everyone else in the NFL is like she's amazing. Why would you let yeah, her go? And, and everybody's like, even the, the people in leadership well, so within Houston. About Bob is. So. Uh, Bob Pelsick was a former offensive line coach, longtime NFL guy, coached with Wisconsin actually twice, I think in the 80s, and then uh, probably about eight years ago under Bielma. And um, great guy. He was in Cleveland with me, but his daughter uh, was in um, community relations and public relations. J.J. Watt like called her out oh. as like excellent. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. And the, and the GM yeah. was like, well, I, you know, sh- she, she's done everything we asked her to do. She's excellent at what she does. And we don't really, I don't really have a good explanation other than we needed to make a change, you know, to whatever the speak that they do politically correct. And, um, but, you know, this whole trend that's been going on there, I think that's what's manifesting itself with Watson. He's like, he's, I think he just thinks the culture is toxic. Well, I mean, now Bill O'Brien is the one that owns this, but I mean, the, the trades that they made and yeah, everything is just, it just seems like a disaster it, down it there. It seems like yeah, I we're going off way Texans here, yeah. but they they had a vacuum of power, and if we know how vacuums work uh, in gangs in yeah. terrorist organizations, somebody not to compare it to that, yes, but, but when there's a vacuum filled, somebody takes it, and then they make all those sympathetic around them, and somehow McNair has been totally convinced that the guy he has is the right guy and should be given complete control when. They were even trying to stop 
uh, what's his name? Sorry, the previous coach. I slipped my mind. O'Brien? Yeah, they were trying to stop him from having as much control as he did, and they still gave him a ton. And yep. McNair's the owner, right? Yes. Bob, Bob McNair? Yeah. But he's like old. Old guy, Old yeah. time, like, yeah. So the leader, the owner ultimately casts the shadow that creates the culture, right? And it uh, doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction. It does That's not. That's why Watson wants to get out. Right. right? Uh, let's take a break here because we'll talk about some other quarterbacks that could be moving. Before we go to break, though, again, this weather, it's freezing cold. Uh, go find a safe, valuable car. Go see the deals 2021. Uh, Kia Sportage on you know 0% uh, for 75 months APR on that Sportage. Go see Mike at Metro Kia Madison. They're Madison's trusted Kia dealer. Whether it's a Seltos, a Telluride, a Sportage, they're going to get you in something that you know is going to start, that can be reliable in this cold weather, that can be... Uh, reliable on these roads, whether it's all-wheel drive in some of these vehicles, and something that's affordable. Reliable, affordable, and trustworthy. That is Metro Kia of Madison. This is Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive, presented by Miller Lite, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin Demand. Metro Kia's Monday Night Drive on 100.5 ESPN. ESPN, the ESPN FM, Wisconsin, on demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And I want to tell you again, uh, North and South, they hooked everyone up all year long. We want to thank them for hooking people up all year long because uh, you got some fantastic food from North and South. Uh, they have three locations, the Madison location, Verona location, and DeForest location. They set people up all year long, and whether it was through our, our contest with uh, the home gate or the contest for the Packers, or excuse me, the, the playoff party pack. And whether you need catering or to dine in or carry out, they got it for you. Best brisket in town, unquestionably. Thank you to, to Keith and Ken and JD and Aaron, the whole crew at all the North and South for being a part of the show all year. Yeah, man. We, you know, I've gone there just on my own just, yep. just because I enjoy it. Uh, those uh, lunch bowls they have with all the different uh you pick any of those proteins, whether it's the pulled pork or the brisket, and uh, all the other the, the hash brown I love, and then the sauces and gosh, it's just it's just a great place to go eat. And they and they've been really <clears throat> really great with the protocols and keeping it safe. And you know, so feel free to go there, feel safe, know that you're in a great environment with great people. Um, support our local restaurants, and it's just a great great restaurant. It is. Some of the people over there are Bears fans, so oh, they're God. probably watching the Carson Wentz <laughs> sweepstakes out there. And my thought on Carson Wentz is more of like, I I think he's worth the idea of a reclamation project because in 2019, he was an above-average player. He uh, has been a second-team All-Pro. He's been to one or two Pro Bowls. He's been a, a really good player for all, most of his career, except for this year. What's rumored that... <clears throat> 
the Bears will give up for him? Most of it's been shot down there, the idea of two first. And it sounds like Chicago is trying to give up maybe like a second this year and a first next year and and trying to find a balance to try to get – I mean, again, it's so much rumored out there. The Colts are in the mix here too. How much is disinformation from the Eagles? But Chicago's in a weird spot because Sam Dar- – this team needs to win now. Sam Darnold, I actually would like the idea of drafting, you know, getting a guy with high end talent and seeing what he could do. But I don't think he's going to be effective next year in Chicago. And they need to win, and I don't know how much, how good he'll be. Is is that deal so so much less to to get him versus Watson? Well, the, the, that it, the, that's why you're going after Wentz. Well, not only that, yes, like Watson is probably three or four first round picks, and I've heard. They've said they're looking for four if it ends up being that, but yeah. And then I've yeah. also heard that like defensive starters could be in the mix, or like two first, yeah. two defensive starters. So yeah, but I'm that's better than four first. Right. Like if I but, give you a Mac and I give you a two first, maybe throw well, Hicks, Chicago, if I threw like, Hicks in there. If it was Chicago, it'd be like Roquan Smith and Blau Nichols. Both those guys are like 23 years old and on rookie deals, so they're gonna give up their half, give up the young guys. Okay. So I would do it, but the problem is one, Texans are very adamant they're not. Chicago doesn't have the luxury. Again, this is they why... They have to wait. They can't wait. Right. Because you brought back Pace and Nagy, and they know they have to win, especially Pace, they can't wait out Watson. And they can't not get Watson. And there's... Derek Carr's name's been floated, but they're looking for two or three first... Or two first round and some other picks for Carr. And there's no guarantee they'd actually move him. I, I, Wentz Jimmy is, Garoppolo. Wentz and Carr, and to me, are in the same well, deal. And, and, I'm not... I'm, and Wentz more, is two years younger. Yeah. Now the money's bigger for Wentz, but right now, here's the deal, and this is where I find it fun. If he goes to the Colts, people are like, "Great deal, great job." If he goes to the Bears, everyone's going to laugh at it. Rightfully so, the Bears have earned what they took. So I don't know what'll happen for it, but the Bears have to do something at quarterback and going all trying to get a quarterback who had one bad year with one of the worst offensive lines in all of football during the and coming out in the middle of a pandemic, and he's 28 years old. He's not Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's closer to Jimmy Garoppolo, but is he somewhere in between Garoppolo and Rodgers? If he is, then you could get that guy and win with him. Yeah. Because Garoppolo's a name that I don't think it's going to come up. I initially thought it would, but I thought that's because Matt Ryan would get let go. The other problem for the Bears would be there's going to be four quarterbacks taken before they draft, and then you're in a Jordan Love-Packer situation of like, are you just going to draft a quarterback to draft a quarterback? And they don't have the luxury of waiting. So yeah, if they draft Kyle Trask yeah, but, from Florida at twentieth, now all of a sudden see, but I'm, they still have holes hey, listen, in other spots. I'm okay as long as you don't trade your fourth round pick for him. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fine. I'm fine if if in the guy Well, Chicago is, needs a quarterback, but yeah, uh, but I just don't That's another none of those thing. guys are gonna win. And so Chicago the fan base is gonna revolt if you rolled back with Trubisky or even if you roll back with Foles in a draft pick. That, that's not they're in a weird spot. And here's what I think. Here's Can you why trade Roquan Smith and your first round pick to go up and get Mac Jones from Alabama? Uh, no way I would trade Roquan Smith for the gamble of Mac Jones. I would. No. Uh, don't, 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 no pressure. This, Josh, give me your opinion. I, I think Mac Jones is pretty distantly the fourth best quarterback. I know, but you're down. You're where are you picking? You're picking at what? Twenty. Twenty. Like, Roquan get, Smith where is, are you going to go? You're going to go to the second pick overall. You're going to need. If anything, I, I'd 
go up. I'd pay to go for what I believe to be a more sure thing. I know, but how much are you going to give up to get there? To get well, Wilson? If they gave or up, get, they gave get, up their 20th pick and Roquan Smith, they, they would get into the top 10. I mean, Roquan Smith is one of the best linebackers yeah. in football, and he's on a okay. Really good I'm game. in. I think I, I get me where I got to go. Tell me, tell me what we got to do. Or Justin Fields, in this case, or Wilson. You, if you give up uh, a second rounder this year and then a first next year, and then maybe one player, Nick Foles, to get Carson Wentz, that's not a lot. Yeah, Chicago's in a weird I'm spot. Not, I'm not, I'm okay, but you know, it's like you really got to make it work. And then you know, is Wentz, you know, I'm not as <laughs> I'm not that confident that he's going to come and just turn it on and they're going to have this great, you know, where if I just trade up one player and my first-round pick and I go get Mac Jones or um, whatever, Justin Fields or the kid from BYU, Zach Wilson. I'm like, I'd rather I take that shot. The the thing to, to Sean Watson is by far the best option of even any of the guys probably going to be drafted. It's just, is are you good enough at building a team and drafting in those other rounds to be yeah. able to get past giving up four possible first-round picks and a couple of starters? That just doesn't seem like... Gosh, this is a, that's, that's a lot for anybody. I, and I would contemplate that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, you've got yeah. a top-five quarterback. But, but if you get the Watson, you get that top-five guy... Well, then it's it's a long term play. Yeah. Yes, you might have to do a little bit of rebuilding here, but if you got Watson, it's five years left on his deal, and it's like okay, well now we're going to slowly dig our ways out, dig our way out of this. But if you have the franchise quarterback, you have the first and hardest thing to get because right. that is the hardest thing to get, and, and so that's why you, you you have to. I mean, this is where the Packers are lucky if they don't have to do these desperation moves. I mean, Chicago's going to have to take a big swing, and I get why those guys would do it because when you look at it. If you try to have this huge swing and you fail, you're fired. And if you don't swing and you lose, you're fired. So these guys are saying, let's just go get it done. It's like what we talked about. with You draft the court. Once you get the quarterback, you guarantee yourself a couple more years. Yep. Yep. The CEO and his big vertical integration. If the Bears go 9-7 and seven and Carson Wentz has a big year, those guys are keeping yeah. their job. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm the opinion, and I, I, I don't think – middle linebacker like Roquan is I think he's trade bait if you could get like two firsts for him and you're going to give all you're basically going to take up you're going to get your draft picks back for whatever you got yeah I, I don't know I, it's just something to think about why do you hate Roquan Smith I love Ro, <laughs> I love Roquan but I mean at the point is we're going we're going to talk about like how are we going to mitigate this trade for that quarterback and what you do it is they're, what they're going to do. We got to go. To, yeah. We got to end the show, but they're going to cut it. If they do it, they're probably going to do it anyways because they need to sign some players. Akeem Hicks, 31, 32 years old, injured the last two years, is probably on the chopping block. Saves about 13 million. Maybe they rework his contract. Kyle Fuller is another name. Both those guys, older, big contracts, might just have to replace Well, How many years left does, left does Hicks have on his deal? One. Same with Fuller. Well, I would trade him if I could. Yeah, obviously they try to trade him first. All right. They need to clear some money. This has Good been talk, Russ. all gear. Thanks to Derek. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Tarek. Oh, yeah. Wait. This is it? Yes. This is it. Oh, Metro my Kia's God. Monday <laughs> Night Drive presented by Miller Fired Light. Fired up. On 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man.